Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 471 for December 6th, 2015. This week, undoubtedly, you have an antivirus application on your computer, but that's no longer enough protection. Ultra Edit Studio, my preferred text editor, is now available in a 64-bit version that works faster than the 32-bit version. In short circuits, Adobe's November 30th Creative Cloud update might not be revolutionary, but it brings several new and welcome features to the applications. If it seems too good to be true, you fill in the rest of that. And if you're not in an area with a telephone area code overlay, you probably will be soon. I'll take a look at what's happening in my own backyard. In spare parts only on the website, Underwriters Labs warns about counterfeit USB power supplies for Apple devices, and car sharing providers are quickly moving to mobile applications. Well, conditions certainly have changed. 30 years ago, antivirus applications were optional, needed only if you visited dicey bulletin boards. They were updated once or twice a year. Then came the Internet. Antivirus applications haven't been optional for a couple of decades, and now the updates happen several times a day. They're not sufficient, though, in today's increasingly dangerous world. In addition to installing an antivirus application, you might want to consider Malwarebytes Anti-Malware and Malwarebytes Anti-Exploit. Both are designed to work in conjunction with an antivirus application. Malwarebytes Anti-Malware is intended to work with your antivirus program. It can remove spyware, adware, potentially unwanted programs, and other software that's malicious or annoying, or both, from your Windows computer. It has both free and paid versions. The free version doesn't allow scheduling scans, so you need to run them manually whenever you think of doing it. After a scan, Malwarebytes Anti-Malware lists suspicious items and asks if you'd like to quarantine them, ignore them once, or exclude them from all future scans. Quarantine is the safe choice. If you decide something isn't malicious later, you can always restore it. Malwarebytes Anti-Malware Free does not have a quick scan option or an automatic update setting. That's one of the reasons I recommend buying the premium license. It doesn't cost all that much. And you're probably wondering what Malwarebytes Anti-Exploit does. Well, a standard antivirus application cannot protect you from zero-day exploits that attack vulnerabilities in the operating system and applications. Malwarebytes Anti-Exploit is designed to detect exactly those kinds of threats. Some antivirus applications insist that you turn off applications such as Malwarebytes Anti-Exploit. When a vast antivirus reported problems with Windows 10, I switched, rather briefly, to Bitdefender. In addition to other serious problems I found with that application, it wouldn't work with Malwarebytes Anti-Exploit. That was enough to push me back to a vast. 
Malwarebytes says that its anti-exploit premium application wraps protected applications in three defensive layers that watch for attempts to bypass operating system security features, monitor memory for any attempt to execute exploit code, and block attacks on the application by eliminating what it calls sandbox escapes and memory mitigation bypasses. So how does somebody test this? Malwarebytes says that it hired a security blogger called Caffeine, who tried attacking a test system with Angler EK, Fiesta, Flashpack, Gondad, Grandsoft, Highman EK, Infinity, Magnitude, Nuclear Pack, Sticks, and Sweet Orange. Caffeine found one bug. Malwarebytes says they patched it, and the assumption is that it's secure. For now. That's the best you can hope for secure for now. Better protection causes crooks to create better exploits. One thing I have noticed is that Malwarebytes anti-exploit blocks several Skype connections every day. Skype is a peer-to-peer application, which means that it connects to many IP addresses. As a result, sometimes Skype connects to an IP address that's known for hosting malicious content. When that happens, Malwarebytes anti-malware blocks the connection. The block affects only a single IP address. It won't affect your usage of Skype or the quality of the communication. It'll just protect your computer. If the notifications are too frequent and you want to disable them, you can. In that case, the blocks will just be applied silently. Or you can disable the blocks entirely, although neither Malwarebytes nor I recommend that you do that. The bottom line for Malwarebytes, five cats, these are applications that are essential today. Yes, there are free versions of Malwarebytes Anti-Malware and Malwarebytes Anti-Exploit, but the paid premium versions aren't really very expensive, and they offer numerous advantages. Malwarebytes provides a robust forum, too. It's designed to assist if your computer has been compromised. If you have Malwarebytes Anti-Malware and Malwarebytes Anti-Exploit running on your computer, you may never need the forum. You'll find additional details on the Malwarebytes website, There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. As you may have gathered from past podcasts, I am a fan of UltraEdit and UltraEdit Studio, the text editor for Windows systems. UltraEdit is the basic text editor. UltraEdit Studio includes several additional functions that I consider to be useful. IDM, the company that creates these applications, offers what was once called an evergreen license. Buy it once, and you can update to the latest version forever. I made that choice many years ago, so my version of UltraEdit Studio is always up to date. I've noticed, though, that the robust set of features offered by UltraEdit and UltraEdit Studio created an application that became slow to load and slow to respond. When the 64-bit version became available last month, I assumed it would address the performance issue. There are competing applications such as Notepad++, but UltraEdit is used by more than 2 million people around the world. The evergreen subscription model may no longer be supported, though. I see that IDM is promoting its $100 a year program that provides access to all of the company's products. Realizing that free applications will be attractive, IDM makes this offer. 
We're so certain, they say, that you will love UltraEdit that we're offering you a 100% money-back guarantee. Buy UltraEdit today, and if you're not satisfied, we will give you a 100% refund. Over 2 million users can't be wrong, they say. Find out why UltraEdit is the industry standard in text editing. Well, that's pretty reasonable. Every computer I own has UltraEdit Studio installed. Each of them also has Notepad++. Occasionally, that free application has been a better choice. Notepad++ has been better when it comes to loading huge text files. But UltraEdit is still my preferred choice because of its capabilities once the file has been loaded. The 64-bit version of UltraEdit seems to address the problem of slow loading and crashing that I saw occasionally with the 32-bit version. UltraEdit and UltraEdit Studio both offer features such as syntax highlighting, code folding, and support for scripting and macros. UltraEdit Studio adds features such as an integrated PHP debugger and IntelliTips, as well as integrated support for PHP and Ruby scripting. Users can split the screen vertically or horizontally, or set all windows to display full screen within the application. Operating system commands can be run from inside UltraEdit Studio. And I like a display that runs along the right-hand side of the screen that really simplifies scrolling through long documents. The 64-bit version allows UltraEdit Studio to handle extremely large files, and because 64-bit applications can address more of the system's memory, it's faster than the 32-bit version, so I might be seeing less of Notepad++. Dreamweaver is my go-to application for editing HTML files for websites, but UltraEdit Studio is a good backup for those times when there's a problem with code handling in Dreamweaver. Yes, it sometimes happens. UltraEdit Studio can open server-based files because it supports FTP, FTPS, SFTP, and SSH Telnet. This feature is handy because it allows me to store work-in-progress files for TechBiter Worldwide on the server, and then edit the files via SFTP even if I'm not in the office. And I don't have to worry about making sure that I always have the latest version of the file with me. The new version of UltraEdit and UltraEdit Studio offer a welcome screen, it's available from the Help menu, and lists tasks that new users will commonly need information about. Each of the links opens a web page from the online reference section of the UltraEdit website. I wish developers would standardize version numbers between UltraEdit and UltraEdit Studio, though. UltraEdit is at version 22. UltraEdit Studio is at version 15. And that seems absurd because UltraEdit Studio appears to be based on UltraEdit. Does UltraEdit have any features that UltraEdit Studio lacks? If so, I haven't been able to find them. The bottom line for UltraEdit Studio is five cats. It does just about everything you need to do with files. UltraEdit and UltraEdit Studio are both applications that make any program or website developer's job easier, but it goes far beyond that. Powerful search and replace functions, sorting, code formatting and highlighting, scripting, built-in macros, templates, and lots of other features make the applications indispensable. You'll find additional details on the UltraEdit website, and you'll find a link to the UltraEdit website on the TechBiter Worldwide website. In short circuits, change comes fast at Adobe. 
Some significant updates were released this past Monday and more changes are pending. For example, if you use Revel, you'll need to make other plans after February 23, 2016. That's the last day it'll be available. Instead, Revel users will need to move to the Creative Cloud Photography plan, which includes Photoshop CC and Lightroom CC. Lightroom works on iOS and Android mobile devices, so you can access your images wherever you are, just as you could with Revel. Creative Cloud members already have access to these products and the benefits right now. Creative Cloud updates are more evolutionary than revolutionary these days. In the old days, that is a couple of years ago, you could count on major changes every year or so. Now, the changes, while still very much worthwhile, are less overwhelming. That's because they come at a faster pace of smaller changes. For example, Photoshop CC has a new start screen that displays a panel of recently opened files, Creative Cloud libraries, presets for creating new files, and links to resources such as learning tutorials, Adobe Stock, and library downloads. Speaking of Adobe Stock, the company is promoting its acquisition of Photolia by highlighting the price of individual images, $10, and videos, $80. If you're a professional designer, the prices are compelling. More than 1 million HD video clips are available, along with tens of millions of photos and graphics. The emphasis on mobile applications is also key to this update. Premiere Clip for Android is now live in the Google Play Store, so mobile video editing is no longer limited to those with iOS devices. Sharing is increasingly a part of Adobe's plan, too. Creative Cloud libraries make assets available anywhere. Users can create and share colors, character styles, graphics, and Adobe Stock access in the Creative Cloud desktop and mobile apps, and then access them across other Creative Cloud apps wherever and whenever you need them. Adobe's software engineers continue to enhance customization. Customizable toolbars and workspaces in Photoshop allow users to create toolbars and save multiple toolbar configurations as part of different workspaces. Included workspaces have been streamlined to provide access to only the tools needed for any given task. Lots of smaller features are part of the update. Adobe makes hundreds of typefaces available for use in print and on the web. And because modern typefaces include lots of glyphs, users can find the right glyph in the Glyphs panel. The latest improvement allows users to see and insert the most recently used glyphs and sort the glyphs for faster browsing. Adobe Camera Raw 9 adds features that have been around in Lightroom for a while. Users can remove or add atmospheric haze in specific areas of their photos with a local adjustment brush, radial filter, and a graduated filter. If you're a Creative Cloud subscriber, you already have all those features.
their little word association here. If it seems too good to be true. Yeah, you know the rest of that story. But this time of the year, scammers are hoping you'll forget about it. Protective software publisher Sophos describes some of the frauds you might encounter this time of the year on its Naked Security blog. One example the blog cites offers incredible savings on cars, but the email claims to come from J.C. Penny. Penny, of course, does not sell cars. Follow the link and you'll find that the automobile offer no longer exists. What a surprise. But you'll see ads for lots of other deals. The blog offers several tips for staying safe online during the holiday season, or any other time for that matter. For example, watch out for sites that ask for way too much information, such as your card, PIN, or social security number. If in doubt, they say, give nothing out. The full article is relatively short and good reading. Check it on the Sophos website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. Central Ohio has outgrown its 614 area code. As of the end of January, will join cities such as New York and Los Angeles where multiple area codes are used in the same physical area. It's called an overlay, and it's the future for most urban areas. In fact, probably for most of the United States, rural or urban. At one time, phone companies simply reduced an area code's size to serve smaller areas and then assigned a new area code to other users in the area. Consider 513, for example. It used to cover most of southwest Ohio, but it was shrunk to include just the metro Cincinnati area. Other users who used to be in 513 are now in 937, and as a result, many people had to change advertisements, stationery, and anything else but their phone number on it. Overlays work out better because everyone who has a 614 area code number will simply keep it. New numbers will be assigned to area code 380. The disadvantage of overlays, of course, is that callers will now be required to dial all 10 digits instead of just 7. You can dial all 10 digits right now. Starting at the end of January, you will be required to dial all 10 digits. Columbus Alive came up with a list of 16 ways the new area code will change things, including a challenge for conspiracy theorists. 614, 6 plus 1 plus 4 equals 11. 380, 3 plus 8 plus 0 equals 11. Hmm, what's up with that? Columbus Alive also suggests that having multiple area codes is yet another reason to stop thinking of Columbus as a small city. And, of course, then there's the tattoo laser removal that gets a bump in business after people start getting their 614-till-I-die tattoos removed. If you want to check out the full Columbus Alive list, it's online. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. If you use a mobile phone, and it seems like everybody does these days, it's no big deal because you probably already are used to dialing 10 digits, and if not, your phone does it for you anyway. So welcome to the future. Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Dayton lag only a bit behind Columbus. Those parts of the state will see overlays in 2018 and 2019. There are no overlays in spare parts, only on the website. 
This week, Underwriters Labs warns about counterfeit USB power supplies for Apple devices, and car sharing providers are quickly moving to mobile applications. Gee, that sounds reasonable. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.